And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Thanks for being here today. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio. And if you're streaming us, we're all over Facebook and YouTube and our own website and everywhere. And what we're going to be talking today about is Andrew Cuomo and the fact that New York now, uh, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, uh, back in 1973, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, is now legalizing abortion up till nine months, right up until birth. And so, what's going on here? How is this happening? Why in the world would would the governor uh, do such a thing? Why would he make this decision? Uh, it's interesting how contradictory the views of those who support abortion are. Uh, and so, we're just going to tackle this issue and, and touch on it. And what I really want to do is focus on some good arguments that you can give as this is brought up in, in conversation um, for why abortion should not be legal. It shouldn't be legal at all, but um, what we really, nine months uh, late-term abortion is unbelievable that uh, this has become legal uh, again. Uh, it was legalized uh, earlier, um, a few years back, but but here in New York, this is happening. I'm guessing that, uh, to a large extent, the reason this is happening is because of the fear of having so many U.S. Supreme Court justices who are conservative who would potentially overturn Roe versus Wade. And if you've been keeping up on this, you know that Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, um, signed this into law saying that uh, abortion can be legal up until nine months, right before birth. Prior to this, it was six months, and uh, it was legal up to that. Now, the law states uh, for any reason in which a doctor judges that that uh, for the health of the mother. Actually, the law specifically um, does not limit uh, abortions to just doctors, but also to uh, other people's uh, like mid- midwives or nurses or whatever may be the case. So they've really lowered the bar when it comes to abortion. They're really uh, fueling this fire. So where is this coming from and what do we do about it? So this is a battle that's been waging on and on and on ever since Roe versus Wade in 1973. You may or may not know that um, Roe in Roe versus Wade, the woman who was used as a tool to get abortion to become legally to, to become legal from a federal perspective, uh, today no longer agrees with abortion and is a Christian. And she was um, ultimately led to Christ by a group that did not agree, uh, was protesting outside of abortion clinics, and she ended up uh, coming to uh, Jesus Christ uh, through uh, the testimony of Flip Benham, who was the leader of Operation Rescue. And anyway, uh, long story short, she made friends with a little girl that used to come to the protests outside of the abortion clinic. That little girl, um, basically, whenever Roe would think about abortion and she'd see this little girl, it broke her heart because she fell in love with this little girl who was on the other side. The little girl was actually um, with her mother uh, protesting abortion and through the the love of that little girl Roe ended up coming to know Christ and abandoned her view of evolution so uh, what do we do about this uh, and how do we discuss it because this is going to come up people are going to be talking about this it's a it's a hot issue now it's in the news and this is an opportunity for those of you who know the Lord to talk intelligently about the issue and begin to persuade people um, that that this is not the right way to go so I want to start off with a real quick um, test. It's an acronym you can use in order to uh, help people recognize why this is not right. It's called the SLED test. I actually got this from Greg Kokel. Uh, and SLED stands for size, 
level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. So what we're talking about here is um, does the size of an individual determine their worth? Um, Is our value based on how big or how small we are? And we know the answer is no. Um, A small person is not worth less than a big person. Now, of course, from a utilitarian perspective, from a perspective of what we would call extrinsic worth, um, you might have somebody who's stronger than somebody else or somebody that's bigger and can reach higher, right? In basketball, obviously somebody who's taller, all, all things being equal, is going to be chosen uh, for a, a basketball team versus somebody who's smaller unless they can make up with it, make up for it by being quicker or something like that. So from an extrinsic perspective, sure, that person's more valuable from a, a utilitarian perspective. But their worth as an individual, as a human being, is not impacted by their size, whether they're big or they're small. So that's the first letter in the acronym. Uh, S stands for size. The second one is level of development. So now what we're talking about is does a person's level of development from you know zygote to senior citizen, uh, does that change their value as a human being? Uh, and again, we're talking about intrinsic worth, the inherent worth of an individual versus um, their utilitarian value. Now, this is a really important one because some people would say, yeah, their value does change. They're in, they would even say their intrinsic value changes because if you're not contributing to society, um, then you're worth less than somebody who is contributing to society. Or if you're a criminal, you're worth less than uh, somebody who is not a criminal, somebody might say. Uh, So here's the thing, though. We have to be really careful about basing a person's value on what they contribute or don't contribute to society or to anything. Because once we begin to go down that road and we begin to say that people are more or less valuable depending upon how they contribute to my life or to society, uh, their inherent worth changes, right? Then what happens is you begin to you begin to look at this as okay, you are a lesser person because you do not do as much as I do uh, for for a, a job or whatever it might be. Now, from an employee standpoint, an employer standpoint, of course this is true because you have a goal to make money or to to um, help your business thrive or to help people or whatever it might be. If you're in a charity and you have one person that works really hard and you have another person that doesn't work at all, well, of course, from an extrinsic perspective, you're going to say, okay, yeah, this person, person's worth more to me than this person. But if we look at it from um, the perspective of their inherent worth as a human, uh, then we would say, no, what you do is not dependent. Your value is not dependent. I don't love you more because you do more. Um, so in, in my family, for example, um, just because maybe one of my children uh, gets better grades than the other one uh, doesn't change my love for the child that doesn't do as well. Or maybe one's a better athlete than the other one. Doesn't change my my feelings towards them. I still have the same love for them. Uh, and we all understand that's a moral good. That's why the, the declaration states that all men are created equal. All women and men are created equal. And so... Uh, you know, we can we can approach this with somebody who does not believe in the Bible. From a biblical perspective, it's very clear. The Bible says there is no Jew or Greek. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. We're all one in Christ. But 
how do I talk to somebody who doesn't believe in the Bible? How do I talk to somebody who doesn't know the Lord, who doesn't know God? Well, we can still make the case that it is a moral good to treat people equally regardless of their performance, regardless of their, quote, level of development, right? So if I have a two-year-old, is that two-year-old intrinsically worth less than somebody who's 25? Uh, Remember, intrinsic value is their inherent worth. Extrinsic value is their performance. It's their worth from their performance. So once you begin to say that a person is only valuable based on what they provide for me or for society, you're going down a very, very scary road because there's always going to be somebody who contributes more than you do. And where is that going to put you on the scale of value? Okay, so and a society that bases its value of people strictly on what that person does for them or contributes to society is very soon going to have a very, very uh, dangerous and oppressive society. All you have to do is look at in India where they have the, the caste system. The caste system says uh, on the bottom caste, the untouchables is worth nothing, right? And then the highest castes are worth Uh, much more. You have the priestly class and you have the merchant class and you have all these. And the Hindu system basically does that, does that exact thing. And well, what do we see? We see incredible amounts of oppression uh, and pain and suffering uh, because of this idea that people are not all equal. They're only equal uh, to the extent that they contribute similar, um, make similar contributions to culture and society. Uh, this is a bad, bad direction to go. And Andrew Cuomo's decision to allow abortion up to uh, nine months is exactly that. Uh, what he's arguing in that that decision is this little baby that's nine months old, which it is a baby, right? Nobody would deny that it's a baby. Nobody with any logic or science would deny that it's a baby. Uh, that that baby is only is not valuable simply because it is not contributing to society or it is not making the mother happy, right? The mother has the right to get rid of the baby because it's not satisfying her. It's not making her happy. And what I'm arguing right now and what I think you should argue uh, also is that this is a very, very dangerous direction for culture and society to go, American culture. In the long run, it's going to make things a lot worse off for everyone, Uh And so we have to find a better solution than this. Okay, so what we're discussing today is Andrew Cuomo's decision in New York um, to allow abortion up to nine months and how we can respond to this with those family members who are maybe on the fence or completely disagree with us. How do we persuade them that uh, this is not a good thing uh, taking place here? Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. 
Uh, this program airs locally in San Diego on a couple of different radio stations, KPRZ, and uh, also in North County. And you can tune in on the radio. We, we air on Sundays. But we also record these shows. They get up on our podcast. You can check us out, youtube.com forward slash Educate for Life video. We've got all kinds of shows up there, very interesting shows with all kinds of experts. I did interview a while back. I interviewed um, College Area Pregnancy Services. We talked about this. Nurse Heidi Cessna, as well as uh, Julie Fowler, the president of CAPS here in San Diego. And the, the abortion uh, wars rage on here. So uh, the, the latest, of course, is Andrew Cuomo, who has legalized abortion in New York up till nine months. Prior to this, it was six months. And, you know, it's crazy. In New York, you can't give a lethal injection to criminals, but you can give it to infants. And uh, it's absolutely uh, contradictory, hypocritical, and, and just outright uh, crazy. Talk about leaving logic behind. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, you know, Cuomo called it a historic victory for New Yorkers New Yorkers, and for our progressive values. And it was done on uh, the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, uh, most people think was bad case law, uh, including abortion advocates like uh, P- Peter Singer uh, of um, uh, one of the uh, Peter Singer has very controversial views on abortion. Um, but the New York Catholic bishops are really upset about this, as well as other well-meaning Catholics, for the move. Um, he, he, he said he was a Catholic. Andrew Cuomo said he was a Catholic. And this is what um, Albany Bishop Reverend Edward uh, Scharfenberger said. Your advocacy of extreme abortion legislation is completely contra- tra- contrary to the teachings of our Pope and our Church. He said, I shudder to think of the consequences this l- law will wreak. You have already uttered harsh threats about the welcome you think pro-lifers are not entitled to in our state. Now you are demonstrating that you mean to write your warning into law. Will being pro-life one day be a hate crime in the state of New York? Uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, New York is also the state that first legalized abortion in 1970. And, you know, part of me thinks the reason that this is happening is because they're the... Uh, Democrats and those on the left are are worried about the the federal laws regarding abortion because there's so many conservative Supreme Court justices now on the um, on the bench. Kavanaugh being the most recent, as well as a, a bunch of other ones that are uh, conservative and uh, could potentially overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, so. The, the reality is, is how do we deal with this? I said in our last segment that the acronym SLED is a great way, thing to remember when you want to have a conversation with somebody about this issue. So S stands for size, L stands for level of development, E stands for environment. This is our third one. So from an environment perspective, does our value as a human being change based on our environment? Meaning uh, where I live, does my value change? Now, the truth of the matter is, is that you don't have the same rights if you live in China as you do if you live in America, as you do if you live in Saudi Arabia. 
or wherever you, you might live, the reality is, is you don't have the same rights. But does your worth actually change? Um, my worth, inherent worth, does not change based on my environment. If I cross the street, my value doesn't change. Um, now, it may have changed to other people, but my inherent value doesn't change as a human being. And um, Robert, what do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, so the reason this is so important with regards to the sled test and the E being environment is because what is the difference between a fetus two days before birth or a newborn baby two days after birth? There's virtually no difference. Like babies are developing all the time, but there's not very much difference in those four days at all. Or you could even say one day before birth, one one day after birth. Yeah. But now, according to this law, you can kill them one day before but one day after, it is the crime of killing a human. So why is it a crime of murdering a human one day after birth, but like of the exact same being who is barely different at all? They're just in a different environment. They're in the womb versus out of the womb. Yeah, literally That's eight inches, eight That's inches it. down a birth canal. Yeah, and that logically, that makes absolutely no sense. There's no leg to stand on for that being the definition of what is a life or a valuable yeah, I, life. I find it um, puzzling. I mean, I, I know so many people that... Um, support abortion and I find it puzzling how they can logically claim to have the logical high ground uh, on this issue when it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, so I, I've what I've noticed is people have abandoned logic when it comes to this issue. They're not concerned about logic anymore. What they're concerned about is getting what they want. And I think we have to be really careful when a culture, a society decides what I want is more important than what's right or what's true. And logic, logic has to do with truth. Yeah, so Cuomo himself said this is a victory for progressive values. But then you have to ask, like, what are we progressing towards? What is the moral standard that being able to kill babies up to nine months is progressing us towards? And if you don't have, like, as Christians, we have God and we have the Bible to set our moral standards— but if you don't have that, and even though he claims to, he clearly doesn't. Mm. If you don't have that, then what are you trying to progress towards? Like, what is this perfect world where you can kill babies of all? Like, what? how is that getting us somewhere good? Yeah. How is that moving us forward? Yeah, but progressive. What You know, progressive infers we're making ground. We're making progress. Yeah. But the reality is, is that this is not progress. This is a step back towards yeah. something like Nazi Germany, uh, where, where they were eliminating people that were handicapped, where they were eliminating... Yeah. Uh, people that they considered worth less. And what was it that the value was based on? It was based on what we're talking about with the sled test, right? Yeah. Size, level of development, environment. And the last one is D for degree of dependency. And that's where the, the whole handicap issue comes into play, which is how much do you depend upon somebody else for your survival? During the Nazi times in Germany, they called people that weren't contributing to society, they called them useless eaters, and so a useless eater was somebody that they had to get rid, rid of because they were not pulling their weight. But what kind of a society is it? Do we really want to, quote, progress towards a Nazi Germany philosophy? How in the world can anybody think this is good? Uh, it's absolutely baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, now the, the Catholic priests uh, are saying, hey, maybe we should excommunicate uh, Andrew Cuomo. And personally, I, I think they absolutely should. Uh, this is, this is no uh, small deal. Um, babies lives hang in the balance. Well, they've fallen off the balance now. And so now you're going to be able to abort these babies and people say, Oh, it's, it's only in the health of the mother. 
Well, the reality is, is that a doctor at any point can say, I did it for the health of the mother. Mother, She was stressed out. She was yeah. concerned about her finances or whatever it may be. And so essentially what we're saying is we can justify the murder of an infant um, because of we're financially strapped. Uh, what kind of society allows murder because you're financially strapped? I mean, your priorities are completely messed up. Of course, a person's life takes precedence over your concern about finances. Yeah. Yeah, so that's another pretty crazy thing. But it's like, if you can... Yeah, so in the law, the word health is not defined. And that's like the thing everybody's so worried about. Because, like you said, emotional health, being stressed out. Like, anything could be a reason to kill an eight-plus-month-old baby. But, yeah, it's like, why would that change after you're born? Like, the sled test. Like, maybe you're more developed. What if your three-year-old child is too much for you to handle now? Like, you lose your job, whatever happens, and you can't take care of your kids anymore. What's the difference in logic between wanting to kill your children because you can't deal with them anymore versus if it happened to be when they were a little less developed before they were born? Like, it's not really any different. Yeah, and what really uh, drives me crazy is that is that, uh, you know, it's almost as if people are abandoning this idea of, you know, we used to argue, the argument was over whether the child in the womb was a child or whether it was something else, right? People would argue. Um, they'd either say it's not alive. They'd see it, say it's a part of the woman's body. Yeah. They'd say um, uh, it's not human yet. It's a potential human. A lump of well, cells. Yeah, they, <laughs> there were all these uh, ridiculous arguments uh, that people would try to get around the idea because they didn't want to say we're actually killing a baby. Uh, but today, this is changing. What's happening is, is people are no longer feeling the necessity to, to argue that it's not a child. They're, they no longer feel the need to dehumanize it. And why not? Because people are becoming okay with actually killing a child uh, simply because they don't want it. Uh, Peter Singer, who is famous for his views on abortion because he has said things uh, like he, he believes in certain cases it's okay for a a mother to abort a, a child who's, I guess it's not abortion anymore, but up to two years old. He said, you can kill a child up to two years old. And his reasoning for this, he didn't say, oh, it wasn't a child or it's not a child. His reasoning was um, in certain cases for the mo mother's uh, mental health, uh, this may have to happen. And so, so uh, you know, you know, you may have a temporary um, satisfaction in that. For all the politicians out there who are supporting abortion, you know, you may you really need to consider um, that you're essentially selling your soul. You know, I don't I think Andrew Cuomo did this for reelection. He didn't do it because morally he thought it was right uh, or somehow he's convinced himself that women really need to be able to abort their children, uh, that it's OK to murder a child for, for whatever case. He did this because uh, because he wants to get reelected in the Democrat Party. And the Catholic Church is in, a, is in a bind now because of the fact that if they excommunicate him for something that's blatantly sinful and wrong and, and, and against the Catholic Church, um, they're going to lose a lot of Democrats. The Democrats and the Demo there's a lot of Democrats that are part of the Catholic Church. And so there's this tension now. Uh, you either lose the Democrats from the Catholic Church or the Democrats use the, you lose the Catholics. But somebody's got to do what's right. They has to have a conscience and say, you know, uh, the consequences uh, be danged, right? I'm not going to swear on the radio here. <laughs> but the consequences uh, be darned, and um, I'm going to do the right thing. And so that's hard, but the fact of the matter is is that, uh, like uh, Edmund Burke said, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. So, uh, 
somebody's got to make the right decision there. We're going to be right back. We'll continue to talk about how do I respond to my friends and family members as this issue comes up? What is the best way to uh, reason with them that, no, this is not a good way to go. This is not the road we want to go down. We're going to be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kevin Conover. I'm your host on Educate for Life Radio. If you're enjoying this show, you feel like it's helping you out, uh, please spread the word. Give us a thumbs up. And uh, you can comment, write your comments, give your thoughts on this issue. Uh, we're talking about Andrew Cuomo and the decision he made in New York to legalize abortion up to nine months. And, uh, you know, how do I talk to my, my friends and my uh, relatives and my neighbors, and my coworkers about these kinds of issues? Um, obviously, it's something that's going to come up because it's in the news. People are talking about it. It's on Facebook. It's on social media. And so we want to be able to give intelligent answers to try to persuade people that this is a bad decision. And... Uh, you know, you might think to yourself, well, uh, what about the mother, right? A lot of people will say, hey, you know, the reason abortion needs to be um, legal is because of the reproductive health for the, for the uh, mother. Now, we're not really discussing here, um, we're not discussing abortion for medical reasons, meaning if the, the mother's life is in danger, uh, you know, that's kind of off the table. I don't, that, that. That's a dis- different conversation. Yeah, that's a different conversation. And in that case, I do believe that um, under particular circumstances, there's a possibility of abortion taking place there. And I don't think anybody's going to debate that. If a mother's going to die, um, that's her choice, whether her or her child dies. It's a very sad situation. It's a horrible situation. But the fact of the matter is, is that's between them. Um, but when it comes to elective abortion, which is the mother's health is not in danger, then all of, all of a sudden everything changes because she's not going to die if the baby's born. And why why is it better for us to allow that baby to be able to be killed than it is for us to um, than it is for us to let the baby live and choose a culture that that puts life a person's life as the highest regard, right? Um, so if you might be on the side of Peter Singer, Peter Singer. Um, he, this is what he said. Uh, he said, first of all, um, he agrees that the pro that the fetus is a living human being. He said this even at six weeks, it's a living human being. Now, this guy is more pro-abortion than probably anybody, but nobody uh, disagrees with that. It's a human being. Well, how do we know that it's a human being? Well, from a biological perspective, the law of biogenesis says that all creatures reproduce after their their kind. So, what does that mean? 
it means that if you're wondering what a fetus is, all you have to do is ask what its parents are and you know what it is. So from a science perspective, it's absolutely a human being. We can tell from its chromosomes. Um, we, can, we can tell from, um, obviously, the law of biogenesis. It's a human being. Uh, even at six weeks, he said. Uh, but he said, and this is what he said. He said, we, w- we shouldn't run away from what abortion is. And so what is he saying? He's saying abortion is the killing of a human being. Now, how does he justify this? Well, he says, um, a viable fetus, human being, in the fetus stage of development is not a rational, self-aware person with desires and plans, which um, would be cut short by death. Hence, it should not have the same right as humans who have such qualities. Uh, Abortion is also justified, Singer added, both as a female right and as a method for curbing overpopulation. Uh, so, So this seems to me to be where the argument is going. Um, People are no longer arguing that the fetus is not a baby, is not a human. What they're arguing is it's not rational, self-aware, and and the mother's right to have the life she wants takes precedence over the baby's right to live. And then he, he gives a final caveat, which is that the government, I would assume the government, uh, can use it as a method for for a cutting down population. We should be able to kill babies, take lives away when there's too many people. So uh, what do you think, Robert? Yeah, so Good I mean... justification? <laughs> well, on that last point, well, first of all, all of that is terrible. Yeah. But more specifically on that last point, um, the government using abortion to cut down population is what they're doing in China and have been doing for a long time, and it's completely barbaric. Like, it's a horrible thing. Like, parents can't have more than one kid if they want to. Or maybe they ended the policy, but for I know for a very long time. Yes, that and was in certain in parts of China that were yeah. heavily populated, yeah. But that's, like, why would that be a standard we want to reach? That's not, that's a horrible standard we want to be as far away not, from as possible. Not progressive, it's like, regressive. <laughs> yeah, and another thing, like, with women's rights and human rights, like, in China, tons of young women are being aborted. People don't want their girl babies, so they kill them. And, like... You're decreasing the amount of women in the world in the name of women's rights because you're letting them kill all these little girl babies. Like, yeah, and in uh, China, the emphasis is on keeping male babies, not they don't want female babies, which brings us back to the utilitarian perspective, which is um, which is worth more. Is it worth more to have a boy? Is it worth more to have a girl? And so you're back to basing your value off extrinsic worth rather than the inherent value of all individuals. And so, you know, you're you're just you're going to wreck people's lives. This isn't going to stop with just the babies. If, you, if this becomes the philosophy of the United States, you're going to wreck women's rights. You're going to wreck the rights of handicap. You're going to wreck the rights of different races. I mean, uh, if you want to just open the Pandora's box to every type of sexism, racism, ism that there is, uh, well, this is it. Uh, you know, the Bible says, you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. And God wants no- nothing to do with this. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is, this is uh, infanticide on a scale larger than any time in world history. Uh, and so we can't, you, can't, you can't claim the moral high ground when one of your moral uh, standards is it's okay to kill a baby. I mean, the baby is the most innocent individual there is. They've done nothing wrong. And so... 
how in the world every moral position and value you have is discredited by the fact that you've decided that a child at nine months can be killed for no other reason than it's an inconvenience to the mother. Uh, that is about as morally low as you can possibly get. Yeah, and to again, to view how inconsistent these beliefs are, like Cuomo is against the death penalty unequivocally. So if you're a multiple murderer, if you're a murderer and a rapist, like whatever you have done, nothing justifies taking your life unless you're a baby somebody doesn't want. Like, why is that the one exception? If you're going to make one exception for killing people, why would that be it? An innocent, unborn person who hasn't done anything wrong does deserve death, but nobody else deserves death no matter what. That's yeah. a completely inconsistent view. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, and primarily what's happening here is that um, our society is shifting towards a view that says, basically, uh, the the individual is the highest value, right? So basically, we're shifting toward this moral system that says, my personal viewpoint is the highest moral standard. Meaning, if I'm a mother and this child is going to mess up my life, because I am the highest moral standard, my self-interest is the highest moral standard, then I can kill the child. Now think about that. If you apply that to any other situation, we'd, we'd scream foul all over the, over the place, right? So you have an employer and he says, my standard... Uh, is my own self-worth and my own self-interest. That is the highest moral standard. There's an employer, right? Well, what do people hate? They hate, hate these CEOs that get paid hundreds of millions of dollars and let their employees get paid you know, minimum wage. That's, people scream about that. Well, what is the moral system that's based on? It's based on the idea that as a, from a selfish perspective, whatever I want is the highest moral standard. And you can't have that both ways. You can't say, well, for a mom in this situation, that's a good moral standard. But for an employer in this situation, that's a bad moral standard. Because people can see the hypocrisy. And so what begins to happen is um, people look for any way they can get away with what they want, right? Um, get as much money, get as much stuff. And as long as I can get away with it and as long as I can you know, do it my way, that's the moral standard. And the problem is, is that as this permeates society, as this viewpoint permeates society, that an individual's uh, moral values are the highest moral values, regardless of who they are, they make up their own moral values, right? This all comes back to the whole discussion about moral relativism, uh, postmodernism, uh, the, the essentially the um, pushing away of a God moral standard, uh, leads us down this path of moral chaos and abortion is a big is a, is kind of a leading indicator of where we're going because when you say no you can't kill your child you're you're actually saying there's a moral standard higher than just your personal preference and we all want to adhere to that because why because all people are created equal because we have God-given rights that are as a standard that no person can just do away with. Uh, so, yeah, and so, like, laws exist in our societies, and, like, police exist, and the government exists to protect the innocent and protect the defenseless. We don't live in some, like, 
crazy Mad Max future world where everybody's just running around killing each other. We don't want to live there because there are innocent, defenseless people who aren't strong enough to protect themselves, but we still think they deserve to live and have a life. Like, I don't know. And there's, there's nobody more defenseless than an unborn child. They have literally no defenses. But if you just let them keep living, they'll develop into the same type of adult that all of us are today. There's no essential difference. They're just at a very vulnerable time in their life. And our laws should be protecting the innocent and the defenseless, not enabling us to kill them. Like, that's the absolute opposite of progress from any, like, law standpoint. Yes, and from a civil, from a civility perspective, right? Uh, civility versus barbarianism yeah. uh, and, and the rule of law and so forth. Okay, we have one, one segment left. I hope you're um, getting something from the show. I hope it's being a, a blessing to you. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this whole issue as it pertains to moral relativism and as it pertains to, uh, you know, how do we know this little child uh, deserves to live? We'll be right back. Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. Hey, thanks for being here. You're on Educate for Life Radio, uh, Kevin Conover. And, you know, this past week is a pretty sad week. Uh, New York legalized abortion up to nine months, uh, Andrew Cuomo. And here we have a, a situation where um, our, our culture and society has said, um, you know, in New York, uh, at least, not all New Yorkers, but a large amount of them who are on the side of Cuomo and uh, pro-choice, and say they're for women's reproductive health, uh, you know, are saying, hey, the solution to the issue of an unwanted pregnancy is to kill the baby. And nobody uh, disagrees that it's a baby. Uh, I, the people that do are, are uh, you know, really just abandoning logic and science. And so my challenge to you is if you are a part of the Democrat Party and you consider yourself a believer in God and Jesus Christ, how can you possibly continue to support that platform? And you might say, well, they have other values that I agree with, and uh, they have other values that I agree with, and you know, I just got to take the good with the bad. But uh, this should be one of the highest, most important things when it comes to how we determine who we vote for and what party we're supporting is their attitude towards the unborn towards an innocent child, towards uh, a child who's literally being murdered. Um, you know, and, and some people have said, well, the death penalty, you know, Republicans are for the death penalty. How's that for life? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that the death penalty is the death of a criminal. But we're talking about a child who's done no wrong. 
uh, whose only, uh, quote, crime is being conceived, which he had no part in, right? <laughs> or she had no part in. And so why in the world would we uh, continue to support this? So, you know, we've been talking about this. And if you're talking to your neighbors, your friends, we emphasize SLED, which is an acronym that's used in order to help make the point really quick that abortion is not a good thing. It's size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. So S stands for size. That is, your size doesn't determine your value. If you're a little uh, baby in the womb, a small baby, your value is no different than if you're a full-grown adult. Um, from, from the perspective of God, and even if you don't believe in God, just from a common sense perspective, all people are worth the same uh, inherently, intrinsically. Then level of development, it doesn't matter whether you're a, a young girl uh, who's under six years old who hasn't hit puberty yet, or whether you're somebody who's 25, or whatever de- your degree, um, whatever your level of development, it doesn't change your value. Um, and then environment, where you are doesn't matter, whether you're in the womb or outside of the womb, whether you're on one side of the street or the other side of the street. From a God perspective, your value doesn't change. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. God values all people the same. But if you believe in abortion, then you cannot hold that position. And if you can't hold that position for a baby in the womb, then you can't hold that position for anybody. And what that means is you're worth less than somebody else. And there's no wonder that our depression rates, our anxiety rates, our suicide rates are skyrocketing. Um, It's because what we're doing is we're devaluing people. We're telling them they're not worth anything except by what they can do. You know, I've, I've had multiple kids come to me as a teacher and tell me that they were considering suicide. And what I've noticed among most of them is that it's a performance issue, meaning that they do not feel valuable because somebody has told them they're not valuable because they're not good enough. And, and I've had very high-level students tell me this. I've had students that were straight-A students tell me they wanted to commit suicide. Why? Because they weren't good enough. Because there was a standard that was placed on them that they couldn't meet. And then I've had students that are low performers feel the same way. Because if that standard's moving all over the place, then what happens is um, it doesn't matter who you are. There's always a standard you can't meet. But God does not base our value off of that kind of a standard. The Bible is very clear. Nobody will be saved by works. Nobody will be justified by the works of the law. We are all on a level playing field. The only answer is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can meet that standard, that can satisfy the standard that God has set for righteousness and for getting into heaven. Jesus Christ said, "Um, I will exchange my record for yours. Maybe today you're listening to the program and and you haven't uh, made Christ your Lord and Savior and you feel like I'm not good enough. Well, that's the whole point. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. None of us are good enough. You know, it's really interesting. Um, when Roe got saved in, in Roe versus Wade, she actually became a Christian, and she was being witnessed to by a guy named Flip Benham. And she she had turned him in. She, this is a quote from her. It said this, um, Before I had thought of Flip as a man who did who did nothing but yell at abortion clinics and read his Bible. In fact, I even pictured him sleeping with his hands across his chest, Dracula-like, with a big Bible tucked under his arms. The thought that he was a real person, a guy who had once even gone to a Beach Boys concert, never occurred to me. Now that it had, I saw him in a new light. I continued the teasing. Now, she was running into Flip 
um, outside of abortion clinics because she was pro-abortion at the time and he was anti-abortion. And so they would clash, but every once in a while they'd have, you know, everybody takes a break and they'd, they'd end up having conversations. So she was getting to know him even though she was still opposed to, to um, you know, uh, the pro-life movement. She said, I continued the teasing. Come on, Flip. I didn't know you were even a sinner. He says this, Miss Norma, Flip said, I'm a great big sinner saved by a great big God. Of all the things I expected Flip to say, this wasn't one of them. I didn't like to think of Flip as human. But this unreal Flip was telling me that he was a sinner, that he had even gone to a Beach Boys concert. I couldn't connect that with the fanatics I had made the rescuers out to be, and it took a while for me to look past the confrontational tactics for, for which Flip was known. As we chatted outside on the bench between our offices, however, Flip began sharing some stories of his past, and out of this vulnerability, an unlikely friendship was born. You know, uh, and that's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is we're all sinners. We all need Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is that it doesn't matter whether you're pro-life or pro-abortion as far as God's love for a person is concerned. But the reality is, is that abortion is not the solution to the problem. Abortion only makes things worse. It doesn't make things better. It makes things worse for the, the women who are often traumatized, PTSD, who experience incredible amounts of depression and anxiety after they've take, had an abortion. It's bad for the culture as a whole, which is devaluing life. It's it's increasing depression. It's saying that you're only worth what you contribute to society. So uh, from every angle, uh, abortion is painful and hurtful. It may provide a temporary relief for a woman who got pregnant unwillingly or got pregnant um, unintentionally. Um, It may provide a temporary relief, but long-term, it's not going to be a good solution for anybody. So, uh, you know, we really need to do everything we can as Christians to be able to convey uh, God's love to people. Um, God cares about the woman who's had the abortion. He wants to forgive her. He wants to, to take her back into his arms and relieve that shame and that guilt. And he died on the cross for all of our sins. So uh, we're not here to condemn people who have had an abortion. We're not here to condemn anybody. Jesus Christ said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Um, and so that being the case, uh, God is simply reaching out saying, don't go that way. That way is going to hurt you. That way is going to ruin your life. That way is going to wreck you. Um, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people who are pro-abortion, they'll say something like, hey, look, we're both opposed to abortion, but... It's, it's a solution to a bad situation. But there is a far better solution through adoption or through um, encouraging um, abstinence or encouraging um, better uh, education. By the way, that's a big issue in San Diego right now. The, the San Diego City Schools are advocating a sex education that actually prov- that, uh, encourages promiscuity, which is going to lead to more abortions. And so... Uh, you know, when I when I look at the issue of abortion, most of the time, if you follow the money trail, you find out that's what's really going on here is most people, the people that are supporting this one way or another are getting money. Either they're keeping a job by getting reelected or uh, they're already making a whole lot of money through the abortion clinics. 
abortion is a multi-billion uh, dollar industry. So Planned Parenthood makes a ton of money off this. And so we have to uh, continue to support the people that are fighting this and also get involved ourselves. Um, so thanks for being here today. I really appreciate you being on the uh, program with us. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a blessing to you. We have a whole class on this. If you want to check it out online, you can go to educateforlife.org. And we have uh, classes, all these classes on defending a biblical worldview, helping you to be able to communicate more effectively the truth of the Bible, being able to defend the Bible, and uh, being able to advocate for those values in the public square. And ultimately, being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, share your faith, and lead others to know uh, that Jesus Christ loves them, died on the cross for them, and wants to spend eternity in heaven with them. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks a lot for being here. We'll be back next week. I've got a bunch of great interviews lined up, so I hope you'll join us next time. Have a great day. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right